Welcome to Attachment Theory in Action, a weekly podcast presented by the Knowledge Center at Chaddock. Join host Karen Doyle Buckwalter for an insightful, informative, and inspiring conversation with leading researchers, authors, and clinicians discussing issues in attachment theory. If you enjoy the podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. Today, Karen concludes her conversation with Daphna Lender about integrative attachment family therapy. Part one of her next set of interviews in the Family Therapy series with Tim Galvin will release on Tuesday, November 1st. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you here from Chaddock for another episode. We are in a series right now, which is called Family Therapy and Attachment Theory. And our guest today that I'm going to speak to is a dear friend and colleague. She has been on the podcast before. Her name is Daphna Lender. And Daphna and I originally met through our mutual work being TheraPlay trainers and TheraPlay supervisors. So we've had the opportunity to train and do different kinds of workshops around the world and online and i'm always so happy to be able to work with her she brings an incredible amount of experience and wisdom to the work that she does she's also a trainer in ddp dyadic developmental psychotherapy the model developed by dan hughes and she more recently has been um, combining theraplay and ddp and some other models into a training that she offers called integrative attachment therapy. So I'm going to be looking forward to talking with her about that model in our podcast. So please stay tuned. She will be coming right up. Supporting children and families who have experienced great loss and endured extreme trauma is a daunting task. At Chaddock, we have the experience and longevity to understand the type of support needed to keep the best and brightest engaged with this work. In January, the Knowledge Center at Chaddock will launch the next session of the Developmental Trauma and Attachment Institute for helpers who seek to be rejuvenated and revitalized in their work with children and families. This type of renewal and confidence is a natural byproduct of gaining specialized knowledge, advanced skills, consultation, guidance, mentorship, and most importantly, being in a community providing the experience of being seen and understood. We have designed an experience and a soft place to land where all of these needs will be met in one central place. For more information on the Developmental Trauma and Attachment Institute, to join the waitlist for more information or to sign up, visit tkcchaddock.org. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Attachment Theory in Action podcast. I'm your host, Karen Doyle Buckwalter, joining you here from Chaddock for the second part of my interview with Daphne Lender. She is speaking to us about uh, her integrative attachment therapy work and her the various models she's trained in and bringing them together and working with parents and all kinds of amazing stuff. Thank you for being here, Daphne. Karen, it's my distinct honor to be with you. Yeah. So, all right. So when we were winding down last time, you were talking about um, the importance of letting parents know what you have to offer, which I do think is so, so important because it can be surprising. Um, some of, it, it, I, I always thought that with TheraPlay, like I've got to let parents know that, you know, this is going to look and feel very different than how they might think of with, with um 
traditional therapy or whatever idea they have in their mind about therapy. But you were also talking about this idea of sometimes having to even interrupt parents in a session. And I really love that um, because I think, I guess the way I look at this, Daphne, and you can um, see if it fits with you, parents and kids can do what they do without us around so when they're with us we're there to orchestrate a different pattern right so so i see it sort of like sometimes i use the metaphor in my mind that i'm the conductor trying to help them to play different music mm-hmm. um, and so that. if we just like let the same tune play out over and over in front of us, I don't think we can do do that very well. Um, we'll. We'll be drowned out by that music and unable to introduce a new sheet of music. I know, exactly, exactly. Which brings us to a very, very deep existential part of family therapy, which is that um, you are part of the dynamic and you take your role as that you had in your own family. As soon as you have more than one person in the room, I mean, even if we do have one person in the room, you take, but especially if you have a parent and child together and they're arguing or go to, you know, the parent is lecturing or the kid is going, you know, getting dysregulated. And then we have this challenge of, bringing ourselves out of our own childlike state of whatever role we were in and being the orchestra conductor, right? They bring mm-hmm. as, as the Danish, our Danish colleagues like to say the caravan leader, which I love that image. Um, and in that is so scary. Being yes. a family therapist is scary. Yes. It's like walking into a, you know, a field of landmines because you got, everybody is going to explode. And guess what? You have to be in charge of everyone and you have to see everybody's nonverbals. And, you know, there's this intergenerational thing where if you challenge the parent in front of the child, yes, what's going to happen. Right. How's it going to affect your relationship with the parent to be calling them out, so to speak, in front of the child? I think that gets to your point earlier of preparing someone that you might interrupt or give them a signal. Time out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how, are, how do you find most parents respond to this? There probably isn't a most. It probably varies so much. Um, I've had success because I've built in a lot of structure into my session. And I think that this is a remedy perhaps for the scariness of a family therapy session. And that's what I call integrative attachment family therapy is the model that I finally, some I had to come up with to call what I do both over the course of treatment, you know, in, in the, the sequence of, of treatment, but also within a session. And that helps me to be able to navigate um, and for the parents not to get like too, you know, upset or offended or, yes. or to go well. So, yeah. 
So with integrative attachment therapy, I know you're like teaching, we want everyone to know that you're teaching a course on that and we can talk about that more before we say goodbye, but um, could you maybe share like a scenario or a case example that comes to mind where all of the pieces you've put together that you find most effective are at play? Is there any example where that comes to mind? Sure. Okay. So um, one of the things that I've really incorporated is polyvagal theory. So I like to talk to parents also about their nervous system and tell them about the, um, you know, the, the, there's, there's a, a ladder, a polyvagal ladder that Deb Dana developed, which I really respect and helps me to explain to them about dorsal sympathetic and ventral, which I, I won't go into, but it's, it's a physiologic way and it's a nervous system way of looking at yourself rather than a moral, like I'm doing this on purpose and same than their understanding for their child. Mm. So with that frame, I go, I talk to the parents in the first couple of sessions about them and show them a chart and kind of do an exercise with them. So I think that really helps to shift. If, if I want to shift a person's energy, I can turn to either the parent or the child and say, you know what, I think we're a little shut down and dorsal. So I'm going to do this exercise with you and literally, and, and make it super explicit. Um, since we're talking about the same thing, the parents will go along with it. Um, the idea is, is that therapy has to be fun and pleasurable and, um, this is a highly important premise. We don't want to go to therapy if it doesn't feel good and if it doesn't help us. You won't, people won't come. They won't continue to come, especially kids. Mm -hmm. And um, I believe that the power of the, of, you know, the, the, the play and the connection um, that you get from doing the um, therapy activities uh, is is so important. We have to facilitate these connection and play moments and nurture moments in therapy. And so I will, and it it also makes the, 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 the part of the session that's the harder part, which is the part where you're processing maybe the trauma or the fact that the kid said, you know, why did you adopt me just so you could be mean to me or something like that? You know, mm -hmm. so this kid that I had um, was really shut down and on was adopted couldn't talk about anything didn't remember consciously anything and so by playing with her she really came alive and then the um the adoptive mother was able to see that her daughter does enjoy being with her and they gave her courage to be able to connect with her more at home and as the sessions progressed at first in the, in the portion of that was more the trauma processing and talking about her autobiographical narrative, at first she looked like completely catatonic, like she wasn't listening or some, not really, uh, you know, catatonic, like clinically, but she just looked checked out or bored and the, um, but as, but just speaking, one of the important parts of talking about the child's autobiographical narrative to, to do it in a storytelling format with a prosodic voice. And then she started really coming online with them having memories. Wow. Mm -hmm. And so that, but the, but here's the thing, 
being able to know I'm going to do um, 20 minutes of play. I'm going to do no more than 10 or 15 minutes of talking about some hard things that happened during the week. Yes. And then something else connecting at the end makes the hour go by and then it's not as scary mm. and it's t- everything is titrated. So right. it, it, as, it isn't overwhelming. And that's how it seems that parents and children can tolerate a lot of pretty intense things and pretty demanding things. Yes. Happening. So like, for example, when you say to someone, you know, I think we've moved into, you know, a different state and um, I want to do an activity, you know, mm-hmm. with you. like what's an example of one that you might do? Okay. So if, if, if a kid is, you know, right, just unresponsive and, and, hiding under pillows and blankets out. It's not the child that I'm talking to. And I said, you know, if your kid is really, she's really shut down. She's endorsed. The only thing that I think we can do right now is we might be able to look, her foot is sticking out of the blanket. Let's put um, a pillow on her foot and then we'll like make a pancake out of it and we'll press it down and press it down. And then we'll put another pillow and say, and we'll press it down and press it down. And let's see if, if she can give us a signal, um, that she can feel that then let's have, let's see if she wiggles her toes and then put your hand, you know, we put her hand on, even, even if she has her shoe on to see if her toes wiggle at all. Um, then I'll say, oh, wow, she is, she is responding to that. That's really good. You're doing your best you can girl. Okay. And Mm -hmm. we believe you. And you know what, even if your toe doesn't wiggle, you could imagine on the inside that your toe is wiggling and that's good enough too. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah. yeah. So why do you think it's such a revolutionary idea to incorporate play into like family therapy sessions or even sessions just with adults. Um, what, 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 what's the issue there? Like as therapy people, if, with that being part of our repertoire, both of us, you know, that, that seems so natural to us, but not, not everyone. Oh yeah. Guess what? Because when you play, you're not in control. Mm. And it's scary. Okay. So that's what I think that energetically we spend a lot of effort trying to keep a lid on our embarrassment, on our body, mm-hmm. on our, our, our excitement level. When we get excited, our brain can't tell if it's, if it's happy, excited, or if we're afraid. Right. Mm-hmm. And so let's say, you know, um, we played a balloon game and we hit the balloon too hard towards our client and then you know, they fall or something like that. And all of a sudden we're the ones that are flooded with um, shame or we start getting controlling with a kid where we give them, you know, uh, directions and they do it differently. And it brings out our rage, feeling Mm -hmm. out of control and humiliated. Mm -hmm. That's part, that's a huge part of it, in my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. I could, I could name five others. But I always start with the very, very personal, um, you know, um, how many of us 
were caught, you know, we were playing with our sibling and nothing, you know, we were just in exuberant mood and something. And then our parent came and like yelled at us that we were being too loud or that when we broke a vase, we were like shamed and humiliated. That's, that's, so you spend a lot of time trying to, right. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Avoid that. Um, so that's one. Yeah. Yeah. I think that we have to be so vulnerable in sessions. You know, I think Michael Trout sometimes talks about brilliantly stupid <laughs> and that we have to remain open and wondering and curious, but which all sounds like really nice and magical. But the other side of that is, I don't know what's happening. I feel stupid. Is Where is this going? Um, you know, what should I be doing? So you have to manage all of that to be able to bring the magical part out, so to speak. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And that's actually why IAFT, which is, you know, integrative attachment family therapy is, yeah, it's based on polyvagal or theraplay, DDP, somatic, whatever. I created it actually for the practitioner because I'm trying to make it less scary to be a family therapist or a family therapist with an attachment perspective because I think it is, there's nothing worse than just feeling that you don't know what you're doing in your therapy session and you feel really like a failure, like an idiot. <laughs> and then, you know, usually people have a ton of cases and they get burned out and they think, why did I even go into social work school into this field in the first place? Mm -hmm. And so I'm creating this in, in part because I really want therapists to have a sense of like I can do something really, really good, mm. you know? Um, and if I courageous enough to take it step by step, like I can, I can, I can do this and feel like I'm really helping people. So, so you're trying to give them enough of a structure about what yeah. to do that gives them the courage to do this. Yeah. Yeah. Because I was I was thinking when you were just talking, mm -hmm. you know, lots of people will work with children alone, um, and lots of people will work with adults. But this this idea of everyone together, I mean, that's a very, especially since a lot of traditional family therapy, where like I'm not seeing anyone unless everyone comes. You know, since a lot of that has gone away, um, I think it's a really small minority of people that are really working with grown-ups and children and having everyone in there together and it, it seems like you know it's either adults or child and then often those are just not involving the others it's so small yeah it's such a small cadre of people who are seeing um parent and child together absolutely mm -hmm. well i think i'd like to like wind down with you know what what do you think is important for therapists to be able to show up the way they need to show up to do a model like this? Is there anything over the years that you have felt, you know, that 
prepares yourself or people that you supervise it can be, you know, it can be big picture ideas. It could be a practical thing. What, what are some of your thoughts about how to ready ourselves to work with our clients? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the supervision piece, getting supervision from somebody is really important. Somebody that you can reflective supervision, somebody who can really ask you how you're reacting to your client. Are you reacting from a place of your own childhood? And are you telling, are you, how are you able to be, to prepare yourself to tell a parent the truth, for example, about what they're contributing to a situation? So that takes a lot of courage, a lot of support. And however you're going to get that, whether it's your own therapy or support group or, or supervision. Um, and then I think having the tools to like a really circumscribed set of goals. So just realizing we're very power overall, we're very powerless. We don't have a lot of control. Um, we can only do what we can do. And so here is my, my recommendation, very practical, choose one thing that you're going to focus on for a short amount of time to talk about it um, with the kid. Do not let the parent drift off in, you know, kitchen sink and add too many other subjects. Mm-hmm. Notice the child's nonverbals. And if they get overwhelmed, please give them a blanket or pillow to hide under so that they don't have to feel like they're scrutinized. You know, and and be ready to um, change the subject or stop the session or change up the configuration and do something, play an activity or Mm -hmm. see the kid alone if the parent is overwhelming them. Um, And this, all the things that I just said, if you just look at them as those, you know, four or five things that I just said, just look at them as as discrete little interventions, then you can do them. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So where can people find training in with you <clears throat> in the variety of things that you give training? Where should they find you? We need like a big Daphne Lender commercial right now. <laughs> oh gosh, you're so sweet. I have a website. It's called DaphneLender.com and it does have my programs and I do DDP trainings. Uh, they're on they're online. That's for the in-depth DDP work. I do the overall um, overview of IAFT. That is also on my on my website, and I have supervision groups. And I teach some TheraPlay model uh, modules online as well. Mm-hmm. So all of that can be found on my website. I am writing a book with Pessy about IAFT called IAFT, Integrative Attachment Family Therapy, and it won't be coming out until the end of 2023. But I'm eager for that to be out there because it has uh, it addresses all of these things that we talked about. Oh, that's fantastic. I can't wait. Well, thank you so much for giving your time to the podcast today. It is my distinct honor to be with you, Karen. (laughs) Thank you so much for the work that you do. I really appreciate it. All right. Bye-bye for now. Ciao, ciao. Bye-bye. 
Thank you for joining us for this edition of Attachment Theory in Action. Please follow our site, tkcchaddock.org, or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts for future episodes. If you enjoy our podcast, please leave a review and share with your professional network. For additional resources, training opportunities, and blogs, please visit tkcchaddock.org. We hope you'll join us again as we continue to explore the world of adoption, trauma, and attachment theory. 